So this week we're going to be talking about a band that uh, admittedly I am a little late to the game in discovering. The band is called Hagen and the track is called Lapsed. song starts off with this really cool kind of arpeggiated guitar clean thing happening uh, and it's in five which uh, is, is pretty cool uh, it's in a five four time that most of the song in fact is in five four uh, so we're definitely in prog territory here but uh, do yourself a favor and don't try to count this song when you're listening to it uh, it'll only ruin your experience of it it's one of those things like maybe as an exercise later on you can kind of sit back and say what is it, what is actually going on in the music none of that's going to matter to you when you're listening to it for the first time because honestly even though there is musical insanity going on for most of this track Track, the vocal melody is so strong, both in the verses and the choruses, uh, that it won't matter what else is going on. The song is infinitely singable and approachable. And that's a real testament to Ross Jennings' vocal lines, his melody writing, and particularly his singing on this track, which is so perfect for it. As I said before, I came to this band late in the game. Uh, for some reason, you know, they, it wasn't until their fourth album, this album here, Infinity, came out that I even knew really that they existed. I kind of heard of them roughly, kind of vaguely. I know that at least several members of the band uh, toured with uh, Mike Portnoy at one point, a former Dream Theater, the drummer, uh, who had done a tour at one point uh, for his Shattered Fortress, which is a, a series of songs that he had written with Dream Theater, but then he never got a chance to play them all live uh, in one sitting. Uh, and so he recruited many members of this band uh, to join him and, and do that tour. And I kind of heard about that. And so I kind of had in the peripheral of my mind that there was this band called Haken out there. And I should have known if they're playing three or four hours worth of Dream Theater music that they were going to be insanely good musicians. Uh, but I didn't bother checking out their stuff. It wasn't until I was chatting at a conference with one of my executive producers on this track, uh, Kevin, and he basically brought up the band Haken. And, you know, we, we were always having good musical discussions, uh, we, as would tend to happen when I go to conferences. And he brought up this band and said, have you ever heard of them before? And I said, no. Uh, he said, well, you should definitely check them out. They're really great. And that was enough for me. And uh, I went back uh, after that and, and picked up this album and, and listened to it. And it was immediately blown away by it. The song has a really interesting structure. It's, it really only does the chorus twice, which is it, I just noticed that as I was kind of going over my notes for, for this week's episode. Uh, it's pretty interesting. We start with that little intro, and then it goes immediately into a verse. And then we have a kind of a really interesting pre-chorus, which I'll, I'll get back to in a second, and then a chorus. And then it goes back to a heavier, much heavier second verse. And then it goes immediately to a keyboard and then guitar solo. And then after those two solos, it does the pre-chorus again, then a chorus, and then the song's over. So it's a brief tune, particularly for a prog tune, it's pretty quick. And it's interesting that you get a song that only plays its chorus twice. It does double up the chorus the second time around. But it's still an interesting idea. Often you, you'll hear the chorus more often than that. But the chorus is so catchy and it's so instantly memorable that even though you're only hearing it twice, uh, you'll end up singing it the rest of the day. And 
And for me, this is where prog rock is at its best. You know, we can have this incredible level of musicianship. You listen to what the band is doing underneath the vocal melodies, both in the verses uh, as well as in the choruses of the song. It's absolutely fascinating and interesting as a musician, as someone who knows what they're doing. It's great to listen to and it's fun. It's a fun exercise. But at the same time, it still delivers on being a song, something that you can just listen to and enjoy, even if you're not digging that heavily into it. And that's a real challenge. And prog rock, frankly, doesn't always succeed at that. Uh, many times it really does just become math or it really does just become an exercise in virtuosity where everyone's kind of just trying to prove something. And I don't get that feeling with this band uh, too often. And particularly on this song, I really think they crafted this well. The way that they change it up between the first verse and the second verse, they're, they're vastly different uh, parts underneath, even though um, most of the melodies stay consistent. And the, the way that they work the same kinds of polyrhythms going on in the choruses as well, it's, it's just really a, a testament to their writing style and their ability to play together in a, in a coherent fashion, but also to transition between these parts in a way that's not too jarring or too silly or, you know, in any way. It's just really well-crafted music. To get back to those pre-choruses, I find them interesting because it actually brings the entire song to a halt, right? There's no drums during these pre-choruses, and they're very slow and kind of uh, spacey, and it's it's kind of a weird thing to do before breaking into this really strong chorus to kind of take it down a notch. And I think that's why they chose not to do a second chorus before the guitar solos, because the way that the second verse is so strong to uh, break down into a, a pre-chorus before getting into that chorus probably would have been a mistake. Instead, they choose to go in a completely different direction with the solo section, which uh, features a really awesome uh, keyboard solo by Diego and then a guitar solo as well after that. And that part is just really interesting and just wild. And they, it really is a chance for them to just shine and show, okay, here, here's us playing you know, at the top of our level. But then they get right back into the song and it, it works out pretty well. I haven't mentioned up until this point the sort of 80s nostalgia factor going on on this album. Affinity is its not really a concept album so much as a group of songs meant to sound collectively together, and it was inspired by the 80s, as they put it. And I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not huge on the whole 80s retro concept. You know, it's been, what, 25 years since the 80s came back as an 80s retro. I, I think it's about time we kind of let the 80s go. Um, but at the same time, in this case, this is the kind of nostalgia I like, because if you think about the 80s, there really wasn't a whole lot of prog rock music going on in the 80s. We had Yes doing the Trevor Rabin years, but beyond that, it was kind of a dead time for this kind of genre of music. And so to hear a group put together an album that maybe in some ways, at least uh, sounds as if it could have possibly been done during that time, uh, I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, there were bands doing some interesting music back then beyond standard pop, obviously. I mean, bands like Wongo Boingo with Danny Elfman, you know, writing some pretty complex music, but it wasn't really a great 
great time for prog rock. And so to hear this album kind of done in that style with these kinds of keyboard emphasis, you know, uh, it was kind of neat. You know, it's, it gives you a little bit of a sense of like, what would it have been like if that decade had been more rich with this kind of music? And at the same time, though, it is still very modern. This is not an album that could have been made in that time. It definitely has its its unique flavor. And this band definitely has its own sound to it. Very heavily influenced, clearly, by Dream Theater particularly in the way they structure their songs and the way they change things up in the second verses of many of their songs. But at the same time, it's still very much them and they, they make it their own. And they have a sound that is unlike anybody else, really. And I, I love that. I like really like their approach. There's one drum fill I do want to point out in here. Raymond Hearn plays this amazing part that comes in just before the second verse. And uh, so the end of the chorus kind of breaks for a second. And there's a pause and then it jumps into this verse that's really heavy. And so you need some kind of transition to get you up into that heavy explosion that's about to happen. And he plays this fill that is just so tastefully done. It's not a million notes per second, but it just is really cool rhythm that sets you up for that second verse in the most perfect way imaginable. And I just can't get enough of listening to that particular fill. So the real standout part of this song, obviously, is the chorus. The chorus is super memorable. Uh, what they're doing vocally, the chords he's singing over are actually really cool, as far as I can tell. So it's kind of an E minor progression in the bass line, where it goes from E to G to B. But he's singing mainly a D major chord over it. You know, he's got an A and an F sharp, and he's singing those notes over it. And the lower harmonies as well. Uh, by the time he gets to that B minor, the third chord, the lead vocal is then singing an A note right where he started and the harmony beneath him is is doing a c sharp and so you get this effect of having an a major chord over b he's singing a seven there and a, and a second a major second and then it resolves up to the, the c sharp resolves up to a d so you get more of that b minor flair with just the seven it's a really beautiful longing kind of sound it has this haunting kind of, of element to it and it fits really well with this kind of dystopian nature of the lyrics this song is the whole album is sort of about the, the struggle with artificial intelligence and man and machine and uh, what is our future what are we doing to ourselves and the planets and our futures and you know, has our mission failed as, as humanity and so there's there's lots of that kind of dystopian sound to it, which again fits perfectly with this 80s nostalgia that was the height of, of worrying about nuclear war and, and and holocaust and things of that nature and the cold war was was still raging at that time period so it's really fitting and the melody of that chorus just fits in so well and the harmonies going on the singing is just astoundingly well written And the real treat comes in that final chorus when they double up the second time around and the bass notes change, that sort of E minor pattern of E, G to B. He changes it up. He starts on the G and then comes down to the D. And so we finally get the bass note of D over the mostly D major chord uh, that's being sung, which sounds amazing the first time you hear it. And then it comes back to G and up to the B minor as usual. And of, of course, the chorus then resolves on the C chord. It's it's kind of a C6 chord, though, because a keeps the A in there as well. And so you get the sound of C major, but then also with that A up on top, which again, this vocal melody has been dancing around that top A note the whole time. And so it's just really cool how that note works over so many different chords and it ends up with a really beautiful kind of resolution, kind of a positive
of happy ending to an otherwise dark song in many ways. So that's Lapse on uh, Affinity record by Hagen. I highly recommend you give it a listen. You give it the whole album a listen, really. It's it's like I said, it's not a concept album, but the songs all blend together really well. And I feel like the songs actually belong together in, in many ways. There's a cool alternative instrumental only version that they have as well. When you get the album, uh, you get the entire album, but then you also get all of the tracks with no vocals. And that really gives you a chance to give it a listen without the distraction of the vocals there. You can start to hone in and listen carefully to the uh, guitar parts and to the drum parts and to the bass parts and how they all interplay and how they mix. And particularly to get a, a better feel for rhythmically what's really happening in this song. It's like I said, it's not, I wouldn't recommend analyzing this song too deeply early on uh, listen to it enjoy it but then as you listen to it more and more the layers beneath will uncover themselves and particularly that second verse some of the some of the really cool syncopations that are going on and the polyrhythms that are happening there between the the drums and guitars is fascinatingly interesting to listen to but again do that after you've heard this song enough uh, to appreciate the song just for what it is which is a beautiful song I suspect this won't be the last time I'm discussing Haken on this show. Their album that came after this, Vector, is also very good. They also have an album prior to that called The Mountain that most people, most Haken fans seem to think is their favorite. Personally, I still think Affinity is my favorite. There's something about it that just, they're best as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I know that's a controversial opinion. Lots of people like their other albums as well. Again, I like them all. So uh, I'll definitely be discussing them more. But if you're into this sound at all and you like this song, I have a feeling you're going to end up liking uh, a lot of their songs as well. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Weekly Listen. Subscribe to the show via Apple's iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. iTunes ratings are always helpful too, so I'd appreciate it if you'd share the show with your friends. Apple Music and Spotify links to today's track can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash theweeklylisten and become a patron. Your support will go a long way to helping me keep the show going. Speaking of support, I want to give a shout out to my executive producers on this episode, Alec and Kevin. Thank you. You help make this show possible. If you want to learn more about how you could become an executive producer on the show, go to patreon.com slash the weekly listen. If you have any comments, suggestions, or you just want to chat with fellow listeners about the music, you can reach out on micro.blog at the weekly listen. I encourage everyone to join in on the conversation. Thanks. And we'll be back next week with more music. Yeah.